Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Welcome in Jaguars Drive Time. It is Tuesday, May 10th. I am Ashlyn Sullivan here with Brian Sexton and John Osher. It is a slowish week getting to a busy week as rookie minicamp is this weekend the first time that the rookies will be in the building and we will be on the field Friday and Saturday and my fellows are looking very much forward to it you know you always um, <laughs> you, you go in all right here we go you know a little football and then you realize it's really not much football and so then you just kind of say well when is this over uh, although I'm anxious to see some of these guys in person I've never seen I wasn't here when Trevon Walker was here um so I, I'm anxious to see a little bit of that, but I mean, it, it comes and goes pretty quickly. And then you're like, when does training camp start? Yes. Yeah, there's a certainly while. the first day of school feel for the rookies anyway. And as Brian said, the big takeaway for somebody who's watched a lot of these, and we all have, the big takeaway is how do they look? Uh, you want to make sure, and, and you try to tell it a couple of people, very occasionally you will hear scouts with a guy who just doesn't look like he belongs go, ooh, that's... Do you remember who that was? That, the, 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 the most glaring example in Jaguars history. Uh, Cesario was that guy back in the day. I thought Harry Delajonis was too. They were both 97 draft choices. Yeah, back in that. Um, but it, it was a little more contact. I, mean, I would say contact, but it was a little more football-y during rookie minicamp at that point. Uh and I think the veterans were actually on the field during the time they, were. they realized those guys were probably not going to make it. Because Tony Baselli walked off the field and said, who's that guy? Well, right. that's your third-round pick. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so there's sometimes that. Sign. That's the main thing you don't want. You don't want people coming off the field going, uh-oh. But you really can't prove that you can play during this time, but you can sort of prove you don't belong, which I'm very used to. Well, and and <laughs> there were coming. a couple of guys that didn't pass the eye test. You're like, well, that guy's a defensive tackle. Yeah. Right. Harry Delajonis from Youngstown State was a really nice guy, but he was really short and really square, and you just couldn't – with short arms. You just were like, how's he going to battle against – and the guards back at that moment in time, they were like six foot five, six foot six guards, and you're thinking, how's he going to win those battles? So there was a little bit of that, but then when the pads come on, you know, some guys, the lights come yeah. on, and they, mm-hmm. and they show you what they've got. But even that element's less now because, it, as we discussed on Jaguars Reporters yesterday – it's gotten so non-football during this time. You can watch the skill guys run around a little bit and get an idea. Uh, frankly, in this day and age, you can't tell much about an offensive lineman or a defensive no. lineman until the pads go on and they start doing one-on-ones. Exactly. Let's get into big things. Big thing one, like we said, is rookie minicamp this weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We will be on the field Friday and Saturday, and we'll share some observations of what we will be able to tell, so stay with us for that. But Notable that this will be the first time that the entire draft class is in the building all together. Big thing, too, is schedule release. The official 2022 NFL schedule will come out this Thursday. We know who's playing home in a way, but we'll get the official dates and we'll have our planners and we'll write it all out. We're very excited. Everyone at the table is looking forward to that. And finally, big thing three is the London game that was announced last week. The Denver Broncos and Jacksonville Jaguars will play in London Halloween weekend, October 30th. Russell Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence, incredibly notable, Brian. And all of a sudden, you're you're thinking differently about the Denver Broncos with all the moves they've been making. Well, you know, they, they've had a lot of pieces, and they've got some explosive receivers. I mean, Jerry Judy's a guy that, as a young receiver last year, didn't have the benefit of a consistent quarterback. Now he does. Remember, he was a high choice. He's a speed guy from Alabama who, when he was at Alabama, made everybody 
you know, look stupid. He was so good. So you look at a guy like that, the tight end. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean they've just they've got some pieces and they didn't have the quarterback. Now they've got the quarterback. And in the AFC West, John, um, which is and maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't, I think it's the most competitive division I've ever seen. It 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 has a chance to be. I mean, I I'm always skeptical skeptical. I'm skeptical as well. Um <laughs> Of off-season moves, how they really translate once the fall comes around. So to me, the big move is Russell Wilson because that it seems that a quarterback should be able to come and make a huge impact. To me, this division is a huge litmus test for the NFL. If it indeed becomes this powerhouse division that the pundits expect it to, then I think you may see the rest of the league follow that, and all of a sudden every off-season is going to be absolute chaos with teams making moves like this. The old man in me also remembers times where, I remember there was a year where the Miami Dolphins did this in the 90s, and they had like 12 first-round picks, and they were all free agency, and they went like 8-8 eight and eight the next year. If a couple of those teams do that, right. then you wonder if teams will follow the trend. To me, the Broncos have the best chance out of all those teams to really make a huge stride because they've added the quarterback. Well, you, you, the Chargers, you know, they went and traded for Khalil Mack. They had a really good draft, and they've got Justin Herbert, who's clearly an ascending quarterback. Uh, you can make a case for the Raiders now with Devontae Adams there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk about the Chiefs maybe coming back to the pack a little bit without Tyreek Hill. I mean, so, but when I look at those rosters, I, I see teams that every Sunday, mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it's going to be a matchup. It should. There has to be an odd man out. You bet. And then what you wonder is uh, Devontae Adams played with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying Devontae Adams isn't great. There's always been a theory in the NFL that when you take guys off of teams, do they go and they mesh immediately with their new teams? To me, the AFC West will be a huge test. Yeah. If these guys come in and make huge impacts, then you're going to see every – the league will change and follow this if all of this works. Well, so Derek Carr – Right, yesterday I said Your David. Guy. Yeah, Derek Carr gets Devontae Adams, who he played with at uh, Fresno. And we saw the deal with um, Kyler uh, Murray getting uh, Hollywood Brown, who played with at Oklahoma. Yep. It could be something to watch. Guys who played college together, quarterbacks getting receivers that they have some sort of a, a feel for. But you asked about the London game. It, 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 that is a great division. And so we get to see a team that we expect to be a much, much improved team this year. Interesting thing about the AFC West, the Chiefs give up Tyreek Hill. Yeah. If they go win it, if they go and still are the best team. What does that do to the receiver position? Well, and do some teams go, okay, we don't need to go do that. Mm -hmm. We need to keep drafting and developing. So it's a little bit of a, uh, you know, it's it's a copycat league. Well, whoever's good out of that, teams and, teams will copy. And you know that the salary cap is going to take a massive jump up in the next three years, and so they're laying these contracts out with the idea that that's coming. So I want to talk about a big thing, too. Okay, go for it. Because it's the schedule release. And you know that every team that looks at, that is coming to Florida, that knows they're coming to Florida, whether it's Miami, Jacksonville, or Tampa, looks at the schedule immediately and says, when are we going to Miami, Jacksonville, or Tampa? Right, because I mean, that, we're going to the beach. Yeah, that first <laughs> month. That well, that first month of the season where the <laughs> heat and humidity are consistent. I mean, you can count on suffering a bit uh, in a game like that. Much like when you're going to play in Green Bay, you yeah, look to see: Am thing. I going the last Sunday of the year, or am I going to get to go? I don't know, late September, early October, when the weather's perfect. You know, when you look at at coming to Florida. More so than anywhere else, because in Arizona they play indoors, and in California the weather's so temperate. Here in particular, it is so incredibly 
hot, humid, all those things. It's such an advantage if a team is conditioned for it. So I always look for that, too, to see who has to come down and deal with the heat and humidity. And I think teams, if it's a non-division team especially, but even the division teams, if you draw Jacksonville early, there's going to be that, and then there is going to be the unknown. I think teams are going to look at this and say, well, we know Trevor Lawrence has talent. We know they added some pieces. What is this kid and this team going to look like under Doug Peterson? I think there will be more of a uh, – of a confidence around or a, a worry, if you will, around the league that Trevor Lawrence with Doug Peterson could be scarier early than was the case last year when they didn't scare anybody at all. Sure. Or even attempting to scout this team week one with all these new pieces. How could you even possibly try to attempt to predict what this offense is going to look like when it's so incredibly All different? you can do is go back and start looking at Mike McCoy's tape when he yeah. was an offensive coordinator and Doug Peterson in his time and – the Press Taylor part is interesting because he's never been a coordinator at this level, so there's a new wrinkle. Um, yeah, depending on how it rolls out, I'm anxious to see what the first month looks like. Because, yeah. you know, as I'm thinking about it, in New Orleans is incredibly hot and humid, but they play indoors, right? Atlanta plays indoors. It's, it's Florida where teams look at the heat and humidity and say, yeah, it's going to be a bear. That week one game when Nick Foles unfortunately broke his clavicle. 2019. I thought I was going to pass out and just – this is dramatic. Die because it was that hot. Just go in leapy. Yeah, yeah, just just and no one, hey, no one pay attention to me. John, you remember ninety six? You remember ninety six <laughs> yeah. when the, the the AFC champion Pittsburgh Steelers rolled in and they were carrying guys off the field. Chad Brown, <laughs> so who was an All Pro dominant linebacker, literally couldn't walk off the field at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, and this is a supremely conditioned athlete. So you know there are a lot of guys that train in the South and they can get used to it, but. You know, there is an advantage, especially in that first month of the year when you're down here every single day. Yeah. And if the, and when the Jaguars are good, they can take advantage of that. Yes, when they're not. They yeah. frankly haven't taken advantage of that in a long, long time. Well, the Chiefs game is a perfect example, right? They're in a 14 nothing hole immediately. Yeah. It, it means, so things got bad fast for yes, them. You're they right, did. John. If you want to be able to do it, you better be able to grind the football and run the ball and force teams to play a long game. Well, you better not stink. And, and that should be time. on a T-shirt. <laughs> Better not stink. It's as simple as that. And I don't think they're going to this year, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> and I'm that too. is big things when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some Ashland Ask here on the Jaguars Digital Network. The Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season as head coach Doug Peterson and quarterback Trevor Lawrence lead the charge. To lock in your seats, visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. I had, uh, I had the opportunity to intern at NASA and, um, you know, I had the opportunity to get a job at Toyota. Uh, they have a plant in Kentucky and a couple opportunities. I, I never took them up on them just because of the time constraints with football, um, but definitely some different options I could have pursued. And I kind of got to the end of the fifth year and realized that football is what I wanted to do with sure. my life. Um, so I came back for that six year and kind of, you know, dedicated most of my time to it. Offensive lineman Luke Fortner on the Ozone podcast, a man of many talents, a man that had a lot of job options, but chose to be a football player. Don't you love that when guys have options that can do all these things? Those options will still be there for him when yeah. he gets done with football. Yeah. And he'll have a lot of money so he can have his own company. Yeah. Right? Just like Tom Brady his going right SpaceX. back into the booth. Yep. Yeah, he's an impressive kid. I mean, it, it's uh, you guys have interviewed enough young players, young people. 
it's always amazing to me the difference that a couple of years can make. He's a little older coming into the league. I'm, I'm assuming he had this same maturity when he was younger as well. But he's an interesting guy to talk to. Uh, and I think when you look at this guy, uh, there's a lot of confidence that he will be the starting center here for a long, long time. I don't know if that means he's going to be that in September. But clearly that's why he was drafted. He's a guy who has that maturity and intelligence to be a quick leader on the interior. So, uh, good kid. I would listen to the podcast. Yes. I don't have to because I did it. But right. if, if it was not me, I would listen to the podcast. I listened. It was a good one. Well, thank you, Shalane. Very good episode. It is time for Ashlyn Ask. Three very important questions today as the schedule release is coming out on Thursday. Ashlyn Ask, number one, what quarterback matchup will be the most notable this upcoming season? Have lots of options. Perhaps a Dak Prescott with the Cowboys or a Derek Carr with the Raiders. Well, I'm ready because I cheated and I looked at the question beforehand. <laughs> so. That's not the point. Go on, John. Well, I'm going to go I think, a different direction in the spirit of the question. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. But, Shocking. Uh, no, uh, Shalane, thanks for the question. I'm going to do something different. <laughs> I'm going to say all the quarterbacks in the AFC South. And the reason I say that is you've got Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. I. Uh, Matt Ryan right. and Davis Mills. Uh, yeah, it's not an elite group. W- well, and they are capable. I mean, now Ryan Tannehill has turned in. You know, Matt Wait, Ryan's played in a Super Bowl. Bet. Ryan Tannehill has uh, stabilized that uh, that franchise. When Derrick Henry was healthy, he was a he was a bear to deal with. But when we look at Trevor Lawrence and think of an ascending Trevor Lawrence, there is are a lot of people who believe he's the most talented quarterback in the division. How soon can he be the best quarterback in the division? Can he start winning these matchups? By the end of the season, are we looking at him and saying, you know what, he was the best quarterback in the division. That's why they competed. So I'm looking forward to see how he stands up against a group of quarterbacks that in theory at least, uh, I don't think he should be number four out of that bunch by the end of the season. I don't know where he'll rank. But he should start ascending in that, and I think that will be a key to how the season plays out. And you know what? I don't mind that answer. You know, I'm kind of proud a good of answer. I may just leave the show. I'll give it to you. I'll go with Justin Herbert, who I, you know, the Jaguars were interested in him a couple years ago, and he did not slide far enough for them. If if he had, they they might not have Trevor Lawrence at this moment because I don't know. I think they would. You're, you're talking about a big, strong guy. You really think they would have passed on Justin Herbert? No, you're no. saying if they drafted Justin Herbert, would they still have drafted Trevor Lawrence? No, they wouldn't. That's yes. what I'm saying. No, they'd be set at quarterback. Yeah, right. They would have been set. <laughs> um, the guy is just – he's an absolute stud. I mean, he's a great, big, strong guy who can deliver the ball down the field. And the Chargers have built a team around him. He's got receivers. He's got offensive linemen. Um, I think that the Chargers could be good enough this year to win the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a fan of the kid when he was at Oregon, and I'm anxious to see him. In, in What you've got is – you know, two guys. If Trevor Lawrence is who we think he is, and Justin Herbert continues to be who he has been, you've got you know, you've got Ben Roethlisberger versus Peyton Manning, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got that marquee kind of matchup. Um, of course, you know, you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks because the AFC is loaded right now. But I think Trevor Lawrence has the name, um, and Herbert obviously has the results so far. It, it could be a special matchup. Yeah, well, yeah. Herbert's a guy. You, I'm sorry, Shlin, mm-hmm. that you keep waiting, not keep waiting. He hadn't played in the league that long. But has put up incredible numbers, makes that team very competitive, and yet hasn't quite gotten them to where 
you thought at the end of the season last year, you thought they'd win that last game and get in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So it hasn't quite gotten that. So I think nationally, this is a big year for Herbert in that sense. They need to get to the playoffs in year three. And, it, and I'm not in any way calling him an underachiever in, in that sense. It's not that because he's not. I think he's really good. I would, you know, he's one of the two or three quarterbacks that I would want if I was starting a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is that thing. They haven't quite had that record. Uh, and with Mahomes doing it in his second year, yep. that's sort of the standard now. You want to get there as this guy. So I think it's a big year for Herbert. I love the kid. I think he's, oh, I think he's, I think he's the, the guy. And, you know, the, look, they're, the they're playing in the shadow of the Rams, right, right? the Super Bowl champions in, in a huge market. And they, they've not, the Chargers have not been on national television in, in primetime games. But in that market with that quarterback, they're not far away from being a you know three four primetime game kind of team. Mm-hmm. So, I this is the litmus test. Do they get over that this year? And by the way, you know at some point you know Matt Stafford's going to retire and the Chargers are going to surpass the Rams because they've got that long term solution at quarterback. Yeah, you mean you can only keep up the roster of the Rams right at some point cap for so long. At some point, if guys start to retire, get yeah. old, get hurt, um, but that kid in L.A. Ha- gives the Rams a chance, the Chargers a chance to best the Rams and be the marquee team in the Rams' own stadium. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Very true. Okay, Ashlyn asks number two. I know this is a little vague, so bear with me. Who do you still have questions about for this year? This can be in the broadcast office. This could be in the oh, building. Oh, wow. this could... <laughs> well, wait, hold on. Change your answer. <laughs> you have questions, questions about. I got some questions about sitting on my right. <laughs> um, okay. Wait, you oh, you guys are up. quick. Okay. Yeah. What do you got, John? Well, again, I'm, I'm going to be a little snide. I'm, I'm going to say all of the oh above. Um, <laughs> and by that, I mean, we think we know a lot about this team. Uh, I think the offensive line is going to be better. I think the defensive front's going to be better with Trayvon Walker. But you're talking about an offseason, the unbelievable transition around this team in the last two years, pretty much an entirely new defense within the last two years. You have a new coaching staff. New offensive line coach. I don't know who's going to line up where at offensive tackle. I assume Scherf's going to be a right guard, and I assume that Cam's going to be at left tackle. Beyond that, I don't know. I think they're better, but what's it going to look like? Running back. How healthy is James Robinson going to be? What's that going to look like? Receiver. They're more confident in the receivers than a lot of people are. So there's a, it, it, there's a huge amount of questions. I guess I would say what I still don't know is how good is the pass rush going to be I believe the interior of the defensive line and the run stuffing is going to be much, much better. I have faith that Lloyd, Walker, Muma are going to make that area so much better that overall this is going to be a more stout and therefore a better pass rush. But are they going to be a turnover, disruptive, creating defense? The potential's there. If they are, they're a much better team. That's my question. I'm going to say with the spirit of the question again and answer just one. Um, but it plays into what John was saying. And I'm going with right tackle. Now, it's more of a who in this case than a what or a which, because I'm not talking about the position as much as I am uh, Juwan and Walker. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really believe what I saw from Little last year was a rising player with great skills, movement, mobility. He wasn't ready to take the starting job from Cam. I mean, they just paid Cam. So clearly... They thought Cam was a better player. Uh, but at this point, that competition to me is going to talk a lot about how the offensive line shifts out. Does, does the loser of the right tackle competition become a guard? Yeah. Right? Or is that the swing tackle? How does that envelop the depth? And obviously, as John mentioned, there's two guys you know where they're going. 
right? So you got to battle at center. you got to figure it out at right tackle and, and, and left guard. Could be Ben Barch, who played pretty well last year and is a guy that they have groomed and developed. But with a new coaching staff, you don't know. Well, we don't like the kid there. We think he should be here, whatever. Um, I think that right tackle position is a linchpin for how the offensive line rolls out. And so that's the question that I have. Yeah, I see with Ben Bartsch at right guard, you can't really put that set in stone because just like you said, if Jawan Taylor loses that job and then shifts over, does he win the job over Ben Bartsch? And it's kind of like that'll shake know. out everything. Well, and look, it's easy to go, well, you just put the loser of that competition and he becomes a guard. Well, he's never played guard. Yeah. So there's going to have to be some guard reps, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the OTA field, and we'll probably have to talk about that. Um, we'll see. That right tackle position is going to be important. Lots of questions. Ashlyn asks, number three, if you could give these rookies one piece of advice, what would it be? They're coming in here, moving to Jacksonville this weekend, finding the bathroom, cafeteria. Some, this, I have a feeling that Brian's going to say something about investing money. Am I wrong? Me? Yes. No. What'd you say? Hydrate. Okay, I was really wrong. (laughs) Hydrate. Uh, That's the most important thing for a young player, especially guys who have not played in the South in uh, in the summer. Mm -hmm. Hydration is really important, and they'll learn that. Otherwise, they'll be on the IV uh, at halftime, right? Hydrate. All right. I was going to put an expletive in here, but shut up. Just That's not nice. Shut up. And For a guy who asks questions, you don't want them to answer well, you? No, not to the media. It's fine to talk to the media. But <laughs> when you're around the veterans, when you're around the coaches, shut up and listen. Yeah. And most of them do. But the point is, this is a different sport than you have played before. This is a different game. Uh, surviving and thriving is about knowing what to do. Uh, listen to the veterans. Uh, Josh Allen knows what he's talking about. Shaquille Griffin knows what he's talking about. There are guys at every level of, of – this defense and offense that know what they're doing and have survived uh, and have thrived. Shut up and listen to those guys, and you'll make it fine in the NFL. But it's a short career, so listen quickly Mm -hmm. and get it, get into the routine, listen to how these guys prepare. That's the number one thing. If you start taking advantage and doing things the right way quickly, you can extend your career a long time. Yeah, and you stand out right away. We've seen guys like that for sure. And that is Ashton Ask. When we come back, we look into this schedule that is coming out this Thursday, home and away games, what stands out to us coming up on the Jaguar Sigil Network. You won't believe what Daly's Place has in store for you this year. Coming up are the likes of the Lumineers, Dave Matthews Band, the Black Crows, Keith Urban, and much, much more for a list of full shows. And to get tickets, visit dailiesplace.com. We are back with Jaguars Drive Time discussing the big news that Tom Brady will go into the Fox family when he retires. And I love that he hasn't retired, but he already has a job lined up. Gotta love that for him. Yeah, and, and when you consider how much money Troy Aikman is making as the analyst for Monday Night Football for ESPN, you gotta figure that Tom Brady can command as much as he wants. And My I- question is, will he be good at it? I mean, will, will this be something he's a natural at? People made the mistake with Joe Montana when he went into the booth back in the early 90s after he retired. Well, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, which he was then. And they said it would be great to have him, and, and he wasn't good. Greatest quarterback of all time? That's what people were saying about Joe Montana in the early 90s. Yeah, you know that. Okay, Joe Montana. You said Joe Name. Did I say Joe Name? Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. All right. yeah. I got David Carr and Derek Carr. Okay. <laughs> Joe Montana. 
I was going to say, Namath was good. Hall yeah, he's Hall of Famer. Right. Yeah, okay. Joe Montana went into the booth after he left. Yeah, Joe Montana wasn't very good yeah, at all. He, right. he was not very good in a broadcast role. He didn't like, but, but I don't think you ever got the idea with Montana when he played that he was particularly funny or engaging. Uh, Brady, since he's left the Patriots, uh, when you see him interviewed, when you see him, has relaxed a little bit with a sense of humor. I think it's important in the booth. So I, I think he'll be good at it. And fortunately for him, having that job means he won't have to worry about money when he gets out of football. <laughs> so good for him. I was, you know, he good was for worried. Tom. Yeah, he was worried, I'm sure. Good for Tom. Yes, absolutely. Let's look at this home and away schedule. We'll have the dates as of Thursday, but we know at least when we're traveling and who's coming here. So let's look at home opponents first outside of the division. Cowboys, Giants, Ravens and Raiders. Uh, what stands out here, fellas? I think that that Ravens game certainly at home is a, is a difficult one. Well, that's the home game that I'm most eager to see, right? Because two years ago, the Jaguars went to Baltimore and did not show well. It was 2020, and it was the COVID year and all yeah. of that. But um, that's a marquee quarterback, and they had another great draft that is as well-run an organization as you'll find anywhere in the NFL. So that's a great barometer. I mean, I don't know whether it's early in week one, so it's hard to say, well, we'd be able to match up. But at some point in the season, you, you kind of match yourself against a team like that. Yeah. Well, it, it's a tough schedule. I mean, you're talking about at home, Dallas, Baltimore, Denver, and the Raiders, and at least one of those teams of the, you know, of the three in the division uh, was a playoff team last year. And, and the Colts would have been had the Jaguars not beat them. It's a really tough schedule at home that, you know, if they don't play well, they're going to have a tough time winning them. Yeah. So uh, the Giants are the one team that looks, quote-unquote, gettable. But if you ask me if Dallas, Baltimore, Denver, or, or the Raiders would be in the playoffs, I'd say three of them will be. Yeah, very true. And then you look at this away schedule, Commanders, Jets, Lions, Kansas City, Chargers, and Philly. Yeah, going to Kansas City and Los yes, Angeles. There's a lot. Mahomes and Herbert on their turf. Ouch. Yes. That, that, again, great measuring stick. You know, how far have we come? How far do we have to go? And the Doug Peterson going to Philly game will be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because uh, the writer is up there. Uh, they have an affinity for Doug. Doug's yeah. a likable guy, and it, it will be played up. And I can't imagine that Philly fans uh, truly hate Doug Peterson. No. In so, Vegas, we were sitting right across from, from folks from the Eagles, right? And they did nothing but rave. How do you like Doug? Sure. Isn't he great? What has he done? He, I think he's beloved in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it. I mean, if you get a fan base of Super Bowl, yeah, you're typically Especially pretty popular. Philadelphia, yeah. Uh, so I, I think that'll be an interesting. They'll certainly be rooting for the Eagles, but it, I think it'll be cool for Doug to go to that stadium, and I'm sure we'll be cheered and welcomed, and it'll be a cool moment. Yeah. Yes, it will. And that is a look at the schedule. We'll have the dates as of Thursday. The schedule release show later on Thursday night. And when we come back, some closing thoughts here on the Jaguars Digital Network. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time, Tuesday morning, brought to you by Jet Home Loans, Rookie Mini Camp this weekend. On Friday, we will be back out on the field. Trayvon Walker, Doug Peterson, and Chad Muma will be talking to the media. And I kind of like that. Just throwing Chad Muma right into it, day one. I think it says a lot about what they think he could be. Well, he'll be fine with it. I, I, uh, I talked to the defensive coordinator there, and his name escapes me, and I apologize. I'm sure the defensive coordinator is watching the show. Mike Caldwell? Um, 
no, the defensive coordinator of, of Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming. Okay. And uh, as you would expect, uh, nothing but praise in terms of uh, the kid's approach, in terms of what kind of kid the Jaguars are getting. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure the press conference will go well. Uh, what do I want to learn from them? Are they shutting up and listening? <laughs> you should ask that question. Right. Hey, the very first are you question. shutting up yet? <laughs> no, it, it's that's what you look for more than details. Is, is sort of how they handle themselves in that situation, Brian. I'm, I'm eager to see how Walker, Trevon Walker, handles himself just with the weight of being the number one pick. You know, there was, there was something in a column yesterday about Courtney Brown and making a comparison and former first-round pick. And, you know, the, the kid's going to be judged for having been the first-round pick. He could be a really, really good player, and people are still going to question whether he was worth the number one overall pick. That's a lot of weight for someone to carry. So I'm just kind of anxious to get a feel for how, you know, how he feels and what he thinks about it and what his approach is. And I mean, I'm sure we can predict what he's going to say, but you want to hear him say it. Yeah. From what we have seen so far, he's the company man that knows how to do this. He was on a big Georgia defense and isn't oh, shying hey, look, away from this. He I think it. he's going to be a really, really good yeah. player. It's just in today's day and age with the 24-hour news cycle and all the mm -hmm. social media sites, some people won't give him a break for that. They'll yeah. say, well, I mean, totally you had 12 great. sacks. You're number one. You should have 15. I mean. There's going to be that kind of stuff. Yeah, he'll constantly be asked about having a chip on his shoulder, and he'll constantly know he doesn't, and he will. So <laughs> that's just that'll that. be the story. <laughs> and that is Jaguars Drive Time. You can watch those press conferences we just talked about on Jaguars.com on Friday and Saturday live, and we will be back with you next Tuesday here on Jaguars Drive Time.